tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Are you guys loving RHOA this season? You know, recently we had Candy Burris on our show. Recently we had Sheree Whitfield at our show. And both said, you know, out of everyone to bring back, one of the people should be Claudia Jordan, which I totally agree with. So today we share this previously aired episode with the one, the only, Miss Claudia Jordan. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Claudia Jordan. Hello. How are you? Good, David. Thanks for having me. I had a reason to somewhat do my hair and get off the couch because I've been watching the news 24-7 and I'm addicted. See, I'm the opposite. I literally went cold turkey on the news. So I really don't know much of what's going on in the world. I know too much. I wake up to it. I fall asleep to it. I'm a news junkie. Like I started off as a journalist. Like I was a newspaper reporter a long time ago. So I love the news. And then I used to be friends with Donald Trump. So to just watch this guy that was once upon a time in my phone and calling me and I said, talk to um, uh, fuck up the world. It's, it's just like, wow, I can't believe I used to be friends with this guy. I was so close. <laughs> I have so many... Celebrity Apprentice questions, which will lead into all of that. Uh, trust me. Wait, so now you were just saying you're in Texas? Yeah, I moved here two years ago because I had a morning radio show. And then that ended uh, in November, uh, I think the 11th. And on the 12th, I got a new job on uh, Fox Soul in LA. So I was just like commuting every week back and forth, still being based in Texas. Because I got great friends, great boyfriend, great place. Cost of living is good. And I, I kind of like it here surprisingly so. Texas is where in Texas are you? Because I have a lot of friends and your apartment, like I saw the view from your balcony and it looks like you have a nice view. I do, I'm in uptown. So it's like the best part of downtown. So I have beautiful views and it's just getting a little more crazy lately because ever since like the lockdown and everything, I hear more sirens. So it sounds like I'm in the hood, but I'm really not. But um, I, I love this area is like, you know, white women walking around, walking their little dogs. You can go jogging at night, it's fine. That's how it is in New York. It's like everyone, it's not as bad as the news makes out, but you just hear like, it's like it took me a minute to realize that you hear sirens like all day. It's really strange. Yeah, it's, it's different times we're in right now. And I want people to really kind of pay attention and be okay with like 
you're not freaking out. Like it's crazy times. Like we have never experienced a time like this in our lives where we just felt unsafe or anything kind of goes and just kind of seeing negativity, negativity, just like we're bombarded with it every single day. So just please, if everyone that's watching, just take some time with some self-care and some alcohol because like you need it. Like it's no one's to blame. Like you're not weak because this is unprecedented times that we're having right now. And the alcohol helps. Oh my God. It absolutely helps. Alcohol, whatever you want to do. If you're in a green state and you know what I mean, partake, um, you need it. <laughs> and you're with your boyfriend. It's just the two of you in quarantine. Yeah. And my two cats. So yeah. where, where are you from originally? I forgot. Are you from? I'm from Rhode Island. Oh, really? I didn't from, think I knew that. Yeah. From the smallest state in the country. I was a pageant girl. Well, my mother got me a couple of pageants. I, I won Miss Rhode Island and then I went to Miss USA. And that's the year actually Donald Trump bought the pageant, which is crazy. It's a whole other thing. And um, I, after the pageant, I made top 10 and I'm like, okay, what's next? So I moved to LA with $500 to my name, didn't really know anybody and just kind of like hit the ground running. You know, it was an extra and a lot of projects and music videos. And then I got prices right. So when you were top 10 Miss USA 1997, that was, that was Donald Trump. He was there the first year. Yeah. He bought the pageant that year. Marla Maples was his wife, his current wife. That was, yeah. And she was actually really sweet. And I didn't get to talk to him much at the pageant, but like years later, he came on Deal and Odeal and we started talking and he wanted to put me on Celebrity Apprentice. And then that's how we became friends. Not anymore, but we were. So he was just like hands off at the pageant, like you didn't see him or? He's pretty well behaved. He's pretty well behaved. But I wasn't, but then again, I wasn't around him. So I just saw him at the, at the, the dinner, the reception afterwards. We didn't really talk. And Marla Maples was nicer than you might think. Oh yeah. You know what? I did a photo shoot with her and Tiffany for um, Fadil. He's a really good uh, photographer. He does all the Miss USA headshots. Um, he is amazing. Fadil Barisha, he's, he's the bomb, fashion photographer. And we did a photo shoot and, you know, Marla and Tiffany are totally fine and sweet. I think Tiffany is the most neglected of all the daughters. I kind of feel like he doesn't give her as much attention now a little bit more, but I felt like at the time she wasn't getting that. And I really thought she was a sweetheart. And Marla is, she's very sweet. She really is. I met her once at backstage at a fashion show in New York and as sweet as can be. Like, yeah. I was like, can I'm I have sure. a picture? And she was like, you can have anything you want. And I'm like, yeah. thank you. No attitude. You never think that she's the ex-wife of the current president. Or, you know, I think that, you know, I always feel like she got a raw deal with that divorce. I believe he had a really tight prenup with her. So, yeah. I, anyone that sleeps with him, I feel like they should get a lot of money for the rest of their life. Do you think Marla Maples, like, looks in the mirror and says, thank God I dodged a bullet? She has to. Because look how upset Melania. Melania never looks happy. When's the last time you see Melania smile? I'll tell you when, when she was looking at Justin Trudeau of the Prime Minister of Canada, she was like, ooh, he's hot. But before that, she hasn't smiled in a long time. She hasn't. Do you think, <laughs> to your point about Tiffany getting neglect, do you think that he favors Ivanka over all the children? He favors Ivanka over his own wife. Like, come on. He has more less the eye. Like, the way, he loves Ivanka. He loves Ivanka. I think he's okay with Trump Jr. And Eric is just like, whatever, the afterthought. But he's the ugliest. So I think Trump judges people by looks, weight. Um, he made comments to me when I was doing Celebrity Apprentice. Like, I know he values people based on those type of things. 
And I know that sounds like a fucked up thing for me to say, but it's true. He does. He values people based on how thin they are, how attractive they are, and if they're rich. Like, what would he say to you? And how did you, so you got Celebrity Apprentice through when you were working at Deal or No Deal? He just yeah. approached you? Yeah, he was like, kind of talking to all the girls on set, kind of feeling everybody out. And they had seated me next to him in the audience when he was going to give advice to a contestant. And so we got to chat for the day. And he was like going around to the girls and I was just getting into real estate. So I had put on my, it was my space. And at the time I put, I want to be a watered down Donald Trump when it comes to real estate. So he, I guess he was talking to the girls about being on the show, maybe flirting, feeling them out. I don't know. And they all told him that he, that he should ask me because I'm the most business, I, you know, I was pretty business savvy. So he comes up to me and he's like, I hear you're the girl I need to talk to. I said, you're damn right. What took you so long? So then he liked my feistiness. His security guy, Keith, got my number and he started calling me and it took like a year before I got on. And then, you know, cause I, with NBC, NBC, Mark Burnett and Trump, they all three have to agree on the contestants. And I was getting some pushback at the time from NBC. Cause I, even though I was on deal and no deal, they didn't think I was big enough. And I'm like, but you have like one time playmates on there. Like that's all they've ever done. So I don't want to hear about that. You know what I mean? I have a resume. So he fought for me, I will say. He did fought for, fight for me to be on the show. And he did. Then after two years, I was the second year, I was finally on the show. So in that time, he would call me all the time and small talk. And yes, he flirted. Um, but he was, uh, you know, he tried it a couple of times where I had to shut it down. But I was able to, you ever have someone like someone in power or someone that um, is in a position that can help you? You don't want to fuck with them. Like, I don't want you to touch me, but like, I would like to, uh, you know, work with you, but I don't want to touch you. I don't want to trade something for it. So I, being in Hollywood, you've got to be good at kind of curving people and like learning how to, I won't say play the game because I'm not going to go, I'm not going to like trade me for work, but like you have to be savvy to put them in a friend zone without them even knowing it. You know what I mean? Like you put them used, you put them in a friend zone where before they even know it, they're like, damn, I can't even hit on her because like I like her like a sister now. Like that, that's what I was constantly doing with them. That's not so easy to do. That's like a skill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a skill. But with him, you know, he, when, he, when he rocks for you, he, he will go far for you. But um, he, he, he's easily manipulated. I think you just got to like kind of tell him what he wants to hear. You know what I mean? Like he'll, he, the ego is even 10 years. I haven't spoken to him in about five years, but it's, his ego is so, so much a priority in the forefront of who he is. You know what I mean? Like he'll say stuff to me, like, you know, I made you, I made you. And my mother's standing right there and I'm actually like, actually she made me. But if you just like, yeah, okay. And just laugh it off. Like he like, that makes him feel good. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even take much for people to get what they want out of him. That's why I was a little concerned when he became president. I worry like, damn, like with dictators and all they got to do is act like they like him or they say positive things about him publicly. That really means a lot to him. And I, I'm no psychiatrist, but I feel like maybe there was some lacking of love with his parents. And that's why it means such a bit, a lot to him. Like they like me, they, I'm the best. They, they said I was good. You know what I mean? I think that really, and listen, we all love applause. Everybody in the business, everybody online, we love the likes, we love all of that. But he's to a point where it, it it's his, his everything you know what i mean where i don't yeah. think that thing where he can discern when someone just blowing smoke up his ass i think he just always if you say something good about him he likes you like 
that's carries a lot of weight in his world. And like, he almost doesn't care. It sounds like if he knows you're blowing smoke up his ass, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. Like as long as he's hearing, getting what he needs to hear. And I, again, I think from the documentaries I've seen, it seems like maybe there was a little lack of love in his household because you shouldn't be like, that shouldn't control so much. I mean, I've been in the business and listen, we love when it's good. You know, I read the negative press, I read the positive press, but sometimes when people are telling you things, you almost gotta be like, in my mind, I'm like, you don't really mean that. Like, I'm not the most beautiful person you've ever seen in your life. You're just blowing smoke or you're just saying it just to say it. You know what I mean? Like you have to have that thing where you're like, all right, they're going a little far. Or you're gonna be manipulated by anybody who knows that that's your weakness. Yeah. And it's almost fake and yeah, no, I get it. What was he doing at Deal or No Deal? Like, was he there for the women or he just wanted to watch the show? So Deal or No Deal was really good about like, they would surprise guests all the time. Like if they knew you were a big Donald Trump fan, they, in the pre-interview, like they would try to get Donald Trump. We've had George Bush on the show. We have like all, everybody, like so many celebrities on the show that would surprise a contestant. So it would say a contestant's like, doing poorly or they want to like kind of up the ante on the stress factor they'd be like okay take this offer of fifty thousand dollars and advice from your favorite donald trump and then donald trump will come out you know what i mean so he was there to actually promote celebrity apprentice the first season and then you know make an appearance on our show and that's how he was there and he was saying how you know um his his show was you know the, the ratings were just the best but our show was killing celebrity apprentice like deal no deal had 13 million viewers like every every night pretty much i think at his at that point celebrity apprentice had like five million so even back then i'm like dude you're like like it's not true did he hit on you like right then and there or did he wait till you got to celebrity apprentice he didn't hit on me then and there. At the time I had a boyfriend and then um, we did have a conversation. Like he called me a few times and we, you know, he talked about, uh, he told me that I shouldn't waste my time with black men dating them, which I was at the time dating an Olympic athlete, black man. And I'm like, who is the best in the world? And I was like, wait, why would you say that to me? And he said, cause they don't have any money. And I was like, hmm. Okay, so just throw away the whole race because they don't have enough money to you. So I told them, I set him straight. I was like, you know, that's not a cool thing to say to me, to anybody that's actually black because that's offensive and everything doesn't revolve around that. And I will say to his benefits or credit, he never said anything racist like that to me ever again, but I had to set him straight. And I think that's probably why he liked me because I didn't kiss his ass like that. You know what I mean? Like there's certain people that are celeb that everyone around them just tells them they, they tell the funniest jokes. Oh my God, you're so funny, Mr. Mr. Trump. Or you're so handsome or you're the tallest. You're such a good shit. I don't do that shit. Like I just would tell it like it is. Like we've had conversations about Barack Obama. Um, at the time he was like pro John McCain. I was in his office and he had a picture of Sarah Palin um, photoshopped on like a porn star's body. So it was like porn star's tits and Sarah Palin's face. And I go, don't tell me you're voting for them. And he's like, well, John McCain's a good friend of mine. So I, you know, I feel loyalty. I got to like, you know, support him, but I like your guy. So to go from that to now Barack Obama is like damn to the devil in his book now. And the way he turned on John McCain, I was like, I wanted to scream sometimes watching the news. Like, motherfucker, you like you, first of all, you never say anything negative with Barack Obama to me. You said he was a good guy. 
And the only reason you were supporting McCain was because he was your friend. And then to go from that to damn near having to twist his arm to lower the flags when, when John McCain passed, it was pretty sad to see that. I didn't like that. That was tacky. Where did he tell you not to date black men? That was on The Apprentice? Oh, or? oh before I got Apprentice, we were just uh, like the year, leading up to, yeah, the year leading up to uh, the show. He was trying it a little bit, you know. He would kind of do it. Like he, you know, yeah. He tried to kiss me one time. Was it once? Twice. And I had to remind him that he was married. That I was like, you are not putting that tongue in my mouth. You are n- this is not going to happen. Absolutely not. He was married to Melania, right? I, I, yeah. I mean, everyone knows he cheats on her. And so does she. That's why her bracelets and diamonds are so big. Did you ever see her with, like, you know, cute guys walking around? No, but if she calls me, I would definitely hook her up. She's very like pretty. She probably hasn't had good sex in a while. She's a gorgeous woman, right? I mean, she's, she's pretty. What about, did you ever get hit on by like Don Jr. or Eric, like when they were floating around mm-hmm. The Apprentice? No, they were always pretty polite towards me, but I would see them in the boardroom or um, when we had to, I remember we had to fly to Disneyland, the one that's in Florida, um, for an, uh, a task. And they were both on the plane. Um, their room was about um, Donald Trump Jr. and Aubrey O'Day. But I think you may have heard of the book, those rumors about an affair. But I can't confirm because I was in the room, but people in production did tell me that there was some activity going on. He was definitely hollering at her and there was some shit going down. Do you think, I mean, because you were on Celebrity Apprentice twice, not once, but twice. Do you think it's, you know, like all these rumors, like with other TV shows where like it's rigged in the sense of, you know, like if someone's a big character or a bigger name, like they're going to keep them around? Or did you feel like the eliminations really were based on who did the worst at the task? Oh, it's definitely based on that. 1,000%. Like there were challenges. You're like, okay, I know we won that. And then it comes out that we didn't win. I'm like, wait, what? But they have to go. And I get it. It's a TV show. So I I didn't take it too personally when when that happened. Because I, I looked at it like, okay, I'm lucky to even be here, actually. You know what I mean? it's a hard show that's probably one of the hardest shows I've ever done you have to kind of fit in what probably should take a month's worth worth of planning into two days and then people in the boardroom are just you know they just turn it up and it's like it's reality tv so people just do a whole bunch of extra you know in the in the boardroom and you're like all right give me the fuck out of here let me go home because some of these people are weird as hell and annoying you know so um there were some great people on there but there were some annoying ones um but yeah, like, uh, for sure, the person with the bigger name has to win. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. As I travel all throughout the Hamptons this summer, I am totally fine in these Ubers because I have my relief van. Listen, before relief van, the worst part about these car rides is I would get nauseous and it would literally take me out of commission all day. I would take an Uber in the morning. I would literally have a splitting headache still 
at like 9 p.m. when I was going to bed. It's that stop and go traffic and it just gets to me. Listen, you have to check out Relief Band. It takes all of the nausea away. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, and on and on and on. So if you're finally taking that summer trip that's been on your calendar since 2020, guess what? I've got good news. Right now you can join over 100,000 Relief Band users with an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. You go to reliefband.com and use promo code VELVET. You'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. Remember, it's better to have a Relief Band and not need it than to need it and not have it. So head over to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. You guys know I work from home and because of that, I travel a lot and I'm never in one place for very long. And that's why when it came to my mental health, the only option I could see was Talkspace. Talkspace is kind of like having a therapist in your pocket. I personally, and you too, can reach out to your therapist or psychiatrist anytime from anywhere. And it just makes taking care of mental health so easy. When I'm away and I need to talk to my therapist, I just send a message from wherever, you know, I can work through things. It's so easy. You can sign up online and basically start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's just easy. It's convenient. It's literally like you don't have to leave your home. And it's also, I mean, this is the greatest part, I think. Well, one of the greatest parts, it's affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages 24-7. They'll engage with you literally, you know, any day. So listen, as a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code VELVET to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show, right? That's nice. That's VELVET and Talkspace.com. Like, so let's talk about some of your fellow contestants that you played with. Let's talk about Joan Rivers and Melissa. I like Joan Rivers. Her and I actually really got along until the boardroom. And Melissa was, I mean, we've squashed our beef. So I know me talking about it now, we'll probably bring it back up again. But I would have a lot of the ideas and then she would just repeat them louder. And I will say Eric Trump, no, was it Don Jr. did have my back because she was in the board, like kind of, claiming my ideas and he was like actually it was claudia that came up with that idea so that was kind of cool um but we definitely bumped heads because the i just don't like the entitlement of some people you know what i mean like i don't have all the things you were born with i don't have all the advantages so you know i'm probably a little bit more humble and it just it was you know but but again these shows are created to have beef they want you to fight because then it's like oh did you see such such get cussed out this was before Housewives and all those shows were big. So that's, that was like a novelty back then. Now it's every single show, everyone's freaking yelling and screaming at each other, but it was a big deal. But um, I like Joan Rivers. And like I said, we were cool until the boardroom, the very, like the day I got fired. Uh, she just kind of changed a little bit on me. And then she was, I think she took it very personally after the fact, once me and her daughter, she's very protective over Melissa. You know what I mean? So they were besties and I get it. Melissa and I, I will say off camera, did um, Brandy Roderick arrange a sit down between the two of us and we did squash it and we talked it out and she had issues about me making comments about her plastic surgery and how she looked. 
And, you know, she did a whole pity party campaign and People Magazine bullied by the beauty. I'm like, you can't be the way you are and talk all your shit. And then, oh my God, I'm getting bullied for my looks. And I, I just feel like when people bully, when they, when you act in a foul way to people, you kind of get what you deserve in a, to an extent, you know what I mean? Like I'll never start with anyone, but like once you start with the, with the nonsense, I'm not going to just sit there and let you just like talk shit and you know what I mean? I'm not going to like stand for that. So if my words, you know, but we did squash it. We had to sit down off camera and we squashed it. And I felt good about that. Cause I don't like to have drama with these people, especially people that they're not in my life. Like I'm never going to hang out with her. We're never going to be in the same circles. I don't really care about you like that, but I just like peace in my life. And I do have respect for Joan Rivers, even though she talked, she called me a whole bunch of names on Twitter. I kind of found it as a compliment. Like I was like, that's Joan Rivers though. She can call me bitch all she wants. It's Joan Rivers, rest in peace. You know what I mean? I thought she, I it still doesn't take away from my respect of Joan Rivers, but. She's an icon. She's an icon. She, she can call me a bitch if she wants, you know? I was like, I was cool with it. And it I gave her a roast after that. I went to her roast. It is a badge of honor. Yeah, listen, I've been called worse. I've been called uh, worse by worse people. So it's all, it's all good. What about Khloe Kardashian? So Khloe and I were always like cordial because I used to hang out with Kim a little bit. And um, she was fine on the show. She, I, when I had to pick two people to come into the boardroom, I picked her and Melissa. And I know she had a flight home that night because she had like a, a, a case she had to get back to. Remember she had that DUI? Yeah. I think she thought I did that on purpose to like maybe make a late and I did not. You know what I mean? And um, I felt bad about that because I, I had no idea what was going on in her life like that. But um, she was fine on the show. Um, I had no, no beast with her, no issues. What about Lisa Rinna? She was on, I didn't really spend that much time with her. She was cool. I had no issues with her. Dennis Rodman was um, a character. Um, <laughs> I love Dennis Rodman, okay? Let me just say, he is just an interesting human being. Like, he doesn't give a damn what you think about him. He does what he wants. He goes by the beat of his own drum. He may be in a wedding dress one day, a basketball uniform the next. He don't give a damn. He loves to have his drinks. And I think behind all the weirdness and the makeup and the flash, he's actually a really sweet human being. You know what I mean? I think he is someone, again, I'm not a psychiatrist, but that maybe there's a lot of pain from his childhood. You know, I feel like he had a bunch of issues with his looks, feeling ugly and not feeling wanted. And, you know, he, I remember he came up to me at the press conference and he's like, I don't usually date black girls, but if I did, I'd date you. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, damn, okay. So he was flirting with me on the show and it was cute though, but it was funny. And then, you know, he's dummy salad. He's come on my radio show. And he's just, I think Dennis Rodman needs his, needs his own show, like inside Dennis's brain, like what he thinks. Like the fact that he's buddies with like dictators and the president who was kind of a dictator it's and he got Carmen Electra like he's out of life I read that book because he's still kind of close to Trump right yes yeah, yeah 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 I had a call you know I need to get him on my show I need to talk to him about that 
Seriously, now you're giving me ideas too. Yeah. Like well, can- he'll definitely come on your show, I think. I mean, could you see, so you could see even back in the day that like Trump had these dictatorship like qualities? Um, It is definitely his way. You know what I mean? Like when you're, I've been around other super rich people, like, you know, that it's not that weird when you see how other rich, super rich people act and how the people around them act. Like they have a team of people around them that enable them. You know what I mean? They don't have a lot of people that ever tell them no. And that creates a monster in a way where is it your fault? Some, some of it's your fault, but some of it's not, you know, like people like, like boxer, like the Mike Tyson's, like the Floyd's, like they have people around them that just want a few dollars will fall off of you them, you know, into their pockets. Like they, so I just imagine what the psychiatry is, you know, when you just never, the answer is never know. And what that would do to you. Cause I know with me, I mean, I feel like part of my humility is I've been told no way too many times, you know what I'm saying? So imagine yeah. it's never know. And someone's always telling you, you're the best. You're the cutest. You're the richest. You're the smartest. You are just the best. There's no pushback ever. So you're kind of in a bubble and no one tells you your ideas are bad. And no one tells you that maybe you shouldn't do that because everyone's on the payroll. You know? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, no one is going to tell you no. They just want the coins to fall off the tree. It's true. And I could have stayed around in Donald Trump's. Listen, I could probably have a position at the White House about it. Just kept my mouth shut and just stay cool. But once Trump started with that whole birther shit against Barack Obama, it just really hurt me. I was like, I didn't think Trump was a racist before this. He made a racist comment to me, but I don't think you make it a statement that's, you know, um, that can be perceived as racist or homophobic one time makes you that. I think it takes a, uh, a pattern of doing it for me to say, you're that, that's who you are as a person. Cause I think everyone can make a mistake one or two times. Let me just put that on the table, right? But like at the time I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see that at all. Um, he would have people in his office, like young black filmmakers that were, just wanted to get an interview. And he would allow them to come through. Friends at Russell Simmons, there's a lot of us that would be around him. And then I saw when he got, started getting some traction running for office and that that segment of America seemed to support him. Then I felt he was a chameleon and kind of like, let me just kind of focus my attention to the people that fuck with me. Because once again, the people that show they love him, he's going to show them the loyalty. I think he would never in a million years hang with any of those people at his rallies. The trailer park people, the good old boys, the clan. I don't think he would ever in a million years want them in his hotels, have a conversation, let them touch him, be at any of his events. Absolutely not. At the end of the day, he's an elitist too. You know what I mean? You think he likes trailer trash? Sorry, he does not. And the fact that these are the people that ride for him so hard, I'm like, he don't fuck with y'all. He really doesn't, I promise you. He likes attractive, wealthy, in shape people. He loves that. That is what he loves. He loves celebrity. Trust me, when he says he doesn't like, he doesn't care about the endorsements of celebrities, I think that hurts him the most. He would love Beyonce and Jay-Z and Diddy and Rihanna to publicly endorse him. He loves celebrity. He has, he's celebrity apprentice. He loves celebrity you cannot tell me he would rather have jim bob and mary lou sue that work at the you know uh, at, at at the at the denny's 
in the, on a country road, those are not his people. But he had, for some reason, they think they are. And him being rude and mean to, to Blacks and Mexicans, like, it makes them feel like, well, at least I'm not them. It's the oldest playbook in the world. That's what racists do. Like, you know, they, they have you thinking that you're just a little bit better than somebody else. And it's just like, it's sad because the people that go for him the hardest, his policies don't help them. They don't own stocks. The stock market doesn't affect some dude in Mississippi with no teeth. But health insurance, they, I'm like, y'all voting against what <laughs> your own interests. He gonna take away that little, that health insurance for that one or two good teeth left you have, folks. I'm sorry. He is for the, the oh, he's, he's great for people that have money. You make over a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, that's your guy. But these people that are over here struggling, I don't understand how they support him, except for the racist part. You know? Sorry, so I like, mean, it's not political, but. No, so like in a way, I mean, do you think he's like just a mastermind that he's like, has these people convinced that these are his people when Absolutely they're yes. not? A thousand percent. Those are not his people. People with those Nazi flags, do you think he would ever let them in Trump Tower? 1,000% no. Do you think they would ever, they can't even afford a room at the Trump Hotel in Vegas, even though the prices are dramatically slashed because no one rocks with that hotel anymore, with that brand. That's not his people. He likes people like me. He likes people that, if no, I'm black woman, but listen, racists will have sex with a black woman, but they're, you know what I'm saying? They put that aside. That's that's since that's been since been going down since uh, slavery. Okay, they can put their racism aside for the penis all day long. Okay, but those people are not his people. But he's playing them, and they believe it. And I look at them like none of the stuff he's fighting for helps you. None of it helps you. And you're putting yourselves on the line, committing crimes. You know, beating up folks and wilding out and just just being his army and he does not rock with y'all he, he he really doesn't i'm here to tell y'all he likes celebrities and rich people and beautiful women and none of those people with those confederate flag people qualify for any of that did you see this like i mean did he even interact with contestants on celebrity apprentice like did you see him like gravitate towards like you know you or like lisa rinna because she's thin and you know like the traditionally pretty people so to speak Honestly, I will say that he, when we filmed Celebrity Apprentice, he couldn't really interact with us much. And I will say he did abide by those rules um, because filming is just like, you film six days out the week, you only have Sunday off. So they were really, I guess because NBC is really on that ass about like standard and practices. You can't really, you know, give people a heads up, you know, um, and, and, and hang with the contestants while they're on the show. So I will say that there was none of that, but you know, I mean, I've seen him in LA, I've seen him in Atlantic City, I've seen him, uh, I, he had me, he hired me to co-host the Miss Universe pageant in 2009 with Billy Bush. And I did get a call from his, was it an email? I think from Rona, his assistant, they were like, or was it the security guy, Keith? One of them hit me was like, Mr. Trump wants you to ride back with him on the private plane. And I was like, um, I'm going to stay an extra day so I can swim with the dolphins. Cause I don't want to be on a plane just one-on-one -on -one with him. His wife wasn't there. Like, I'm not doing that, you know? 
Hey, ladies. Oh, yeah. Here I am again. Listen, you guys run to Dame. We've got to tell you about Dame products because they have everything to help you feel good. Vibrators, toys, massage oils. Listen, why do I know so much about these products? I give these out to all of my friends. And yes, you know, a lot of my friends are real housewives. Yeah, they all get Dame vibrators for Christmas. They all get Dame vibrators for their birthdays. And no, I am not going to tell you which housewives I have given these products to and which ones love Dame products. You got to try the Eva. It's one of their most iconic products. Let me tell you, it's a hands-free couples vibrator. I mean, hands-free and it's for couples. How cool is that? Then I got to tell you about the Air. It's a suction vibrator designed to get you there fast. Get it? So listen, life is very stressful. I'm sorry. And we all need to just relax and we all need to feel good. (sighs) Okay. Listen, go to dameproducts.com and use code velvetrope to take 15% off your first order. It's 15%. What are you waiting for? Dame products, D-A-M as in Mary, eproducts.com. Code Velvet Rope, and you get 15% all of these amazing vibrators and toys. Enjoy. And I didn't know. He's like, well, you don't want to like walk through the airport and have to take your shoes off. And I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll res- I will politely, respectfully decline. I just didn't want to be one-on-one with him like that. He's still, he's a married man. I wasn't going to do that. I, I think he um, kept trying like, Okay, I got you, Miss Universe. Okay, I got you, Slayer Apprentice. And I, he thought maybe something would make me come around, and I just never did. So. Do you think, like, come home with me on the private plane meant, like, let's have sex? Um, I don't know, but please don't make me throw up. The fact I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to be anybody's mistress, much less Donald Trump. Um, so, I don't know if he's wanted to just get me alone one-on-one, but um, I wasn't doing it. My mom was, I had my mom flown out and I was not going to go back and just be one-on-one. Even if, I mean, who knows if, and probably a security be on the plane too, but maybe he's wanted some alone, alone one-on-one time. I don't know. I know he did like me as a person and I did, I know he flirted and he did try to kiss me twice, but I wasn't going to um, go along with that. And, you know, he tried me a couple times, but I was still able to, like I said, curve, which a lot of women, we shouldn't have to have a skill, but a lot of us do have that skill where we have to like navigate where, okay, it wasn't sexual assault. I'm not going to say that, but you are, you know, you are, you are trying it and you are a married man. And um, let me remind you, you are married to Melania and I'm not her. So you can put your little orange lips on your wife and um, we can do business, but you can't be over there. And was it awkward after that? Like the times you saw him or it just kind of faded? It faded. Like I, cause I didn't see him often, you know, like he was in LA for the finale of Celebrity Apprentice and me and my best friend went and had dinner with him. And then, you know, you want to see the bungalow in Beverly Hills. And then it was like, he put his arms around both of us and tried to like bring us close to that. I was like, are you trying to make me kiss my, and I was like, yo, and I ran out of, I ran out of the bungalow. And then like maybe a year would go by, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like, so it was time for it to like kind of go away, I guess. It was, you know, it's kind of like, I think a lot of women are brought up to play nice. And now, you know, before the Me Too movement, before the awareness that was brought to things, before people really were having, felt like we had a voice. We kind of felt like 
you say something, no one's going to believe you, or they're going to blame you and say, well, what were you doing in the first place? Or you must have got paid, or it's just always a criticism on the woman. So, you know, we just come to deal with it. That's something that happens in Hollywood. I, I have a, a thousand stories I can tell you about people in Hollywood where you go for an audition and you think it's just going to be just that business and it ends up being someone locking a door and trying to, uh, you know, put their hands on you and you have to like, okay, all right. Um, I don't want to like make it where I never work again, but I also don't want to let this person get away with something. So you have to find that path and think quickly on your feet on how to like uh, curve yet not slap him, but still it's a horrible situation to have to be in because you're constantly trying to like, it's like the matrix you're trying to dodge the bullets and lean back and oh, oh almost got caught that time and it sucks that we even have to do it and like you do want to work and so like the fear of never working or is there yeah and not that i i think thought he could ever control my entire career nothing like that but i think i i don't know i guess the timing, it was, like I said, it was like 10 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe. I did, I did Miss Universe 2009, that was 11 years ago. I guess you just get good at um, dodging and just dodging and dealing. Dodging and then just dealing with it, like, all right, whatever, okay, I got, a, I got away. You know, I was able to get away and I, I unscathed. But not everyone's so lucky. Not everyone has the balls to say no. Not everybody has the wherewithal to get out of it or say the right thing to leave. You know, I've spoken publicly about other celebs like Steven Seagal. He had me up for an audition and he was really trying it where I had to like, he locked the door and everything. And I, I thought I was there for an audition. And I had to really maneuver to get out of there safely. And I thought I was going to get raped. So, you know. Um, wow. It's a bigger issue. Like it's, it's not just Donald Trump. It's a lot of these these men in power that the answer is never no because someone wants something or that person is in the, they think that person's in the way for their success or I don't know. I just, I've seen a lot of things in Hollywood. So I'm very happy here in Dallas, Texas, away from a lot of the bullshit. And my boyfriend is armed and a former member of the military 20 years. And I feel very safe now. Well, and, and I saw pictures with him on your Instagram, so I think you're doing just fine, if I can say so. Thank you so much. He's a good one. I got a good one. I got a good one. Speaking of maybe not a good one, tell me about your relationship with Omarosa. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't know, um, I, I didn't know, watch her on the show before we became cool. I used to have parties in L.A., and she showed up to one of my parties and someone was like, Amorosa, I go, what the hell is she doing here? Like, I just knew of her reputation. And then my friend, Jeff Johnson, who's amazing. He's a childhood friend. Um, he was friends with her and he was like, Claudia, Claudia, you should get to know her. Um, she's not as bad as you think. Like, you know, TV, a lot of that is TV. So I was like, all right, I was open. And then we ended up hanging out a couple times because of him and we got cool, but I still had never watched her show. I just knew about her reputation. I didn't watch Celebrity Apprentice before I did it. I just went on blindly. So we became cool outside of the show. So I didn't see how evil she could be until we actually were on the show. We did the show Celebrity Apprentice All-Stars. Now that was the second time. 
one month after her boyfriend, Michael Clark Duncan had passed away, who was a friend of mine as well. And I was at the funeral and I just could not believe, I mean, how ridiculous it was. It was, it was a whole production. It was a, she pitched a movie at the funeral. Like she played a movie, she had Tom Hanks there, Jay Leno, like she went through his black book and got all these people there. And I, I never saw her cry. It was just weird, you know? And try, try not to judge people for how they mourn because people do mourn differently. But I know if the love of my life died a month before I was supposedly supposed to get married, I would be devastated, but that's just me. I have a heart. And you know, I, I liked her and I, I, I thought, um, you know, I hadn't seen her in a while before the funeral. And when, when I saw her, I, I, I braced myself like, I'm gonna probably have to comfort her. She's probably gonna collapse my arms when I see her. It's probably gonna be a very emotional moment. But when I saw her, I was like, hey. He goes, hey, what's up? I go, how are you? She goes, I'm fine. I go, you're fine? Yeah. And then coming, I look at my friend Pam that's with me. I'm like, oh my God, like, this is weird. And like, honestly, I swear to God, moments later, two Hollywood actresses came up right behind me. I think it was, it may have been Wendy Raquel Robinson or Holly Robinson Pete. It was two people from the business. I can't remember right now. Please forgive me. And she, as soon as she saw them, she goes, She did all of that and did all the facial and no tears. And I was like this, what just happened? She did this whole act. It was unbelievable. So that was the beginning of me thinking you are everything that everyone said about you, but I still was holding on to, okay, she's mourning. I, I maybe she's just mourns differently. Who knows? You know what I mean? Maybe she's in denial. Maybe she's in shock. I tried to like really give it the benefit of the doubt. And then a month later, we go to Celebrity Apprentice, All Stars, and she's like not available for our appearance. I think it was like Good Morning America, one of those big shows. And everyone's like, well, she's, you know, she's still dealing with, you know, she's not ready. I'm like, but she's about to do a reality show. Like, this is just two days prior to the beginning of the show. No, she's, you know, she's not. We had to do this like bus tour, like open bus tour, go do an appearance, wave, Trump was on the bus, all the contestants. And then I hit her up after like, hey, you weren't the show today are you okay and she's like oh, girl i'm fine i just didn't want to get my hair messed up it was cold outside i'm like oh so you're gonna use the your man's death every time you need to and i just started noticing she was doing that and that show was what was the the nail in the coffin for our friendship when i saw the way she behaved the way she said she would take money from his charity to, to put towards fundraising like we had to raise money i'm like you're gonna like you're stealing from like what the fuck you know and she was talking about his black card. And I know people are gonna be mad at me for this interview and say, you're bringing up old shit, but you ask me the question, so I'm, I always answer. Claudia Jordan does never run, never runs from a question. I answer questions, or I won't even agree to do an interview. So, um, Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, listen, I, I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> That's her, you know? And it was just tacky, and I just didn't like, like, this man is, the body is barely cold and you're still, you're just carrying on about his money and his black card. And I remember one time she looked at me, she's like, Claudia, when Michael was alive, I used to beg to use his black card. And then she looks at me, she goes, and now I have it. And it just sent a chill. Like, I was like, you raggedy bitch. And it just made me feel like, did you love him? Did you care? 
I wanna, I don't wanna believe that you didn't love him because he was a lovable person. But like to be that cold after someone that's close to you, that I cry for strangers I see on television when I see, hear their stories about how they, you know, they battle coronavirus or whatever. I cry for strangers. So you tell me about your man. I'm just like, whoa. And it just pissed, it just made me more and more mad. And then the way she just would fake cry when she was in trouble. Her and Trump have a lot in common. You know, use the sympathy card when you're in trouble, but you don't really care about anybody but yourself. So it's sad. She's a fellow black woman. I hate to be, be on some black on black, you know, slander, but she deserves all of it. And uh, her fam his family was in touch with me for years. Like, can you please help us? It's been a year, it's been two years. She still hasn't gotten his name put on the graves site, but she's using the credit cards. Like it was terrible. It was terrible. And I will never forgive her for how she treated my friend. Wow. And, and she had like Tom Hanks and Jay Leno at the funeral and she called Hollywood people to come to the funeral. Well, those were his friends. But um, I feel like while she had, there's always an angle, while she had the captured audience, she pitched a movie. You can ask my friend, comedian Guy Tori, he was there. We talk about it, like how tacky it was. Like she had a, she pitched, there was like a projector issue. She was all mad, like, get it together. Like, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? It was tacky. It was tacky. I'll never, I will never forgive her for that. I will never forgive her for that. She like stood up and said, I'm sorry, everyone's here. And while you're here, I have to show a movie. And here it is, or here's a trailer. Pretty much. Wow. So I sold his stuff immediately when he got to the hospital, moved, moved, moved in while he was in a coma. Like they weren't living together before that, like allegedly, let me go ahead and say that. So I just felt like there was an opportunity that I think she probably did have feel like care for him, but she's not gonna let an opportunity pass. She's not gonna let a little thing like death or class or tax be in the way of um, an opportunity. And she deserves all the karma she gets. And the fact that she was, you know, being so disrespectful to the black community about how we will all bow down one day to Donald Trump and then to see that he dragged her ass out of the house, the White House kicking and screaming was, was part of her karma. But she'll get more, I mean, she keeps finding, it seems like evil people keep finding ways to get back on. And I don't know why they keep getting rewarded. And I hope this whole coronavirus, the, the civil unrest, I hope there's a turnaround in the, in, in the world where the good stop getting rewarded for being good and the bad stop getting their karma or stop getting kind of like cast aside. I just feel like our society, we got to an ugly place where bad is good. Who could be the most ratchet, the most disgusting, the most ignorant? Ooh, let's give them money and likes and let's, let's, let's celebrate that. And the people that are classy and got it going on and educated, they're boring. They don't have a storyline. They're mm, like, I get a little bit of ratchetness. Trust me, I got a little ratchetness in me too. But we got to get away from like rewarding the neck, the devil. The devil's been winning too much lately. So. Well, speaking of karma and coronavirus, I mean, Trump has coronavirus. Did you see him last night gasping for air? Like, for a minute, I talk a lot of shit online about him now. Um, I call out, you know, we mess up and stuff. And last night I had a moment where I felt bad for him. My boyfriend was like, that's the man you feel bad for? I go, I know, even, I still try to find like something positive in even the most horrible people. I still be like, what? I try to understand people's like, why? why they're like that. And I started thinking like, well, maybe because he was never loved. But seeing him last night, struggling to breathe. I don't want him to die. Let me just say that right now. I don't want him to die. I don't wish death on him. Um, but I do wish him to have an experience with this coronavirus 
where he starts taking it seriously because there was a lot of people who couldn't breathe that that suffered that that they didn't really get that much empathy from this president and his entire administration that you know remember when the republicans are talking about well we got to sacrifice grandpa and grandma for the economy then i'm willing to i'm like what kind of shit is that and now trump your grandpa you see how it feels a little bit and i i think that he needed this if he even really does have it let's just say that because we never know with this administration he has it, but he got it from being reckless. And I'm seeing all the conspiracy theories on online. Oh, well, how come none of the Democrats have it? They gave it to him. No, the Democrats wore the biggest mask you've ever seen that you were clowning and talking shit about. And they were more careful about it and took it seriously and actually acknowledged science. And one thing about the religious right, y'all gotta stop with this, God will find a way and it's in God's hand. Yes, God made us and I do believe in God. But I also believe in the scientists that God made and provided us with. And we got to stop being dumbasses and thinking we can pray away coronavirus. Because guess what? It, it takes a little bit more than that. And he got all his dumb followers that think, that, that, that think like that are buying the bullshit, not being careful. It's like you're the Pied Piper leading the very people that support you down this road to their own demise. And it's sad. You know what I mean? It, it really is. And, and he, he actually deserves it. He deserves, he earned every bit of those coronaviruses that are in his body, those corona, every single virus strand in his body, he, he earned it. He didn't take it seriously, talked shit, he made fun of it, made fun of Joe Biden. They're both senior citizens, they both don't have, you know what I mean, like y'all gotta, they extra, they're in the demographic. You know, the Grim Reaper's right there like, hey man, <laughs> you over there like thinking it's funny and just like not wearing a mask. A lot, just think about how many people could have been alive today if he didn't. He wasn't so vain and worried about how he looked with the mask on. How you looking now, Donald Trump? I saw someone online yesterday say he looked like a goldfish had hopped out of the, the, the bowl and is on the carpet struggling to breathe. And it's kind of true. Do you see all the things I missed by not reading or watching the news? Oh, they were going in on him. I was like, damn. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to our part one sit down with Claudia Jordan and stay tuned for part two where you guessed it, we talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta. And of course, Nene, has Nene lost her mind? What is Nene up to with the network? Nene, Nene's got a lot going on. So we talk about all of RHOA, Claudia's experience, the other girls, and of course, Nene. Stay tuned for part two. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. 
And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.